Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast. A podcast where we watch a movie and then we discuss why they ever made it in the first place. Uh, my name is Jean David um, and this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, that's too harsh. It's too harsh, but my name's Sam and maybe the real monster is Matthew Broderick's agent. <laughs> I would one up you and say it's Matthew Broderick's forehead. <laughs> pretty remarkable uh so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna straight off the bat i'm gonna accuse you of, of gross over exaggeration this is not a this is not an awful movie yes it's bad yes it's an abomination in many ways but there's a lot to enjoy here there's a lot to enjoy dave and i'm i'm upset with your hyperbole in minute one well I mean, we'll get into this, I'm sure, Sam. So just just to be clear, uh, we watched the 1998 uh, Godzilla movie. Uh, yes, kids, they've made that movie 8,000 times. And right. this is probably not even the worst version, I would probably well, bet. Yeah. I've not seen them, but this probably isn't even the most abhorrent version of this movie. Um, yeah, it's it's. this is a real childhood movie for me, though, and so I, I have to, I have to kind of... I have to be tempered and realise that not everyone... Not everyone went to the cinema to see this as a. I think. I think I'm. You know, I don't remember anything, but I'm pretty sure it was some kind of birthday party or something going on in 1998 that I was very. It was into. a dark time before the internet, Sam. Like, what are you going to do? Take all your wretched, your wretched kid and their friends to the cinema. That's two Probably. hours of peace and quiet. <laughs> yeah. Although you would have to watch this film, which I'm sure as an adult in 98. Uh, really didn't didn't reach. I don't the... know. My mum went and watched the Pokemon movie um, in the cinema <laughs> with me and all my friends when I was about eight. Um, so I feel Gotta like you win mom. some and you lose some, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least you can understand this movie um, somehow. Well, I know. I know. There's just there's lots to dive into here. So what you didn't like this, then, and then give us give us tell us tell us why. Tell me why. What is it that you? Well, off the bat. I mean, honestly, Sam, like, and it's not good podcasting, and I will, I do have more things to say, but it's a bad movie. It's <laughs> Matthew Broderick is a bad actor. Well, imagine and... you had a metaphor for, for how bad this movie is. Right. That's what I'm interested in. I did in. have a metaphor for this movie. I'm so trying to set you up movie. seamlessly, and you just you just completely missed that cue. So now everyone's. I didn't. Know. I'm just trying to tease it out, Sam, because we're the only people listening to this, so I'm just going to really enjoy you on the hook. Um, so, right, imagine that this movie this movie is um, a roast dinner, right? We're British, we love a roast dinner, mm. right? Mm. So, and I agree, Sam, there are bits that are really good, like the peas and carrots, smashing, really, really good. That's your, that's your sort of like the monster <laughs> aspect of the movie, you know? Your okay. peas and carrots, pretty yep. good. Like, they look all right. Not the best looking peas and carrots I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but they look all right. They hold up okay. They're exciting in that dull kind of way. In the now, way that peas and carrots can be, which is, oh, you've put a lot, you put a lot of butter on those peas. That makes them. Like, I like peas, oh, yeah. but you know. Oh yeah, that's you, right. Butter and salt, absolutely. Maybe the and, carrots. Here, let's get into this. Maybe the carrots have been cooked. It's my metaphor, Sam. Hold on. Maybe the carrots have been cooked in with the chicken, and so they get that. You know, they're just really infused with all the chicken juices. Maybe that's what's going. And actually, now I'm thinking, wow, carrots are the main attraction at this point. You know, maybe maybe if they're a little bit crispy right, well, at the end, um, you your, could take them out. Your dementia aside, Sam, <laughs> um, I have I have a, a larger sweeping Carry metaphor on. here. Carry on. Um, right, your peas and mm. carrots—they're totally okay, right? 
the meal itself, way too big. This this movie is what, like two hours, 18 oh, minutes? Something daft like that. It's ludicrously long. It's yeah, ludicrous. It was way, t- way too much food. But honestly, when it comes to roast dinners, who's ever complained there was too much of it? Now, the potatoes, actually excellent. Really, really good. They are Dauphinois potatoes. Not a traditional... <laughs> Side dish for an English roast dinner. A bit uh, French, but a bit French. Some, for some reason, they're there. They work. <laughs> they work. They're nice. I don't really know why they're on the plate, but they're there. They're okay. It's okay. I'm enjoying it. Like, you know. But the the rich the rich creamy sauce that you have with the finger potatoes. I mean, it doesn't really work with the gravy and the other stuff we've going on here. But you know, like they're nice in, in of themselves. itself, though. Like. Perfect. Separate exactly. them out onto exactly. a separate plate, maybe, and then you could enjoy them. Okay. Okay. This is yep. good. Um, you know the gravy. It's okay. You know it's a bit thin, perhaps. You know Pisto that's gravy, Zero, maybe, Zaria yeah. and his girlfriend mm-hmm. in this movie. Like it's just a bit thin. Uh-huh. It's just a bit thin and Simpsonsy. You know, and the trouble is, the the chicken, the bird, the main bird. It's dry. <laughs> it's a bit tasteless. It's overcooked. You know, it's not doing a lot. It's just lying there, been it, dry it, and tasteless. It cannot. And overcooked. It cannot deliver a line read for love nor money this bird this poor little chicken he just he just literally can't <laughs> just... even can't even do the most basic acting that you would expect from a hollywood actor chicken yes Ch- chicken um... sorry 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 the chicken <laughs> from a from a roast chicken <laughs> a and ultimately chicken. and ultimately it ruins the meal you know yes. it ruins the meal when you've got what amounts to a fucking turd in the middle of this plate you know, and it's just honestly, and it, before I watched this movie for this podcast that we watched, like I probably would have been a bit of a Matthew Broderick apologist, you know, like he's fine in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like it's a fun movie, uh, which I haven't seen in years, so no, no promises that holds yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Like he's okay in the other things he's in. Um, I think his election is that the uh, yeah. That's a really good movie, and Drew he's very Barrymore. good in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not Drew Barrymore. Absolutely not Drew Barrymore. Oh, no, um, not Drew Barrymore. The other one. <laughs> it's Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. That's a fair, that's a fair cop, isn't it? Come maybe, on. yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, they look totally different, and they're in, you know, sometimes in somewhat different movies, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, like, Matthew Broderick, and I'm sure he's a fine person, uh and whatever, and certainly I have no evidence sat in front of me to say he's a total scumbag. However, he can't act. Like, no. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I think he can act. I think he can act. I think he can act when he is required to play whatever he's doing in the broadest possible way. Now, I'm thinking, oh, we've got Ferris Bueller's, but also War Games, where he plays basically the same character, but um, manages to almost cause a nuclear war hold on we've also then got the producers um which is a, a, a mm, acceptable remake of the fantastic um mel what's his face movie. mel brooks mel brooks movie but in all of the examples he's like he get he has to be kind of a bit quirky and he has to be almost like a self-aware character whereas in this he's got to play like a straight lace, not an action hero, but he's got to be, he, he's got to bring us with him, you know, and that, he, he just doesn't manage to do that at all. And there's so many, there's so many points in this film where I'm like, is that the best take? 
Guys, you didn't have a better take than that. You know, even delivering simple noises, even going, oh, oh. It's bad, isn't it? He's supposed to be Sam Neill out of Jurassic Park, Sam. Like, I think that's the yeah. script for this movie, is that, like, they maybe wanted... Some, no, well, they didn't. We'll get into this, the trivia. But, like, they maybe wanted Sam Neill, but, like, or a Sam Neill type, and someone was like, oh, yeah, Matthew, Matthew Broderick, you mean the guy from the Sausage King of Chicago? You know, like... <laughs> Ultimately, I don't. I don't see the parallel. Um, there is something to be said. Like maybe it's the direction, and and maybe it's the writing. Again, like usually, if a movie's bad, like it's it's not well written. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this isn't Shakespeare, and it's not monkeys doing Shakespeare. It's it's another thing entirely, really. Um, and it's a weird sort of remake. This movie. We'll, we'll bash to Matthew Broderick some more, and throughout. Um, this, oh yeah, but. Uh, Possibly, Sam, give me a plot summary for those uninitiated who are still somehow listening to this conversation about chicken. <laughs> if you got through the roast dinner metaphor, um, which was completely laboured, then I, you, you, it's all gravy <laughs> from here on. There you go. <laughs> I should have practised it before the podcast, Sam. I tried. <laughs> so in Godzilla 1998, French nuclear scientists uh, irradiate... An iguana into a giant monster that heads off to New York City, obviously. The American military must chase the monster across the city to stop um, it from reproducing. And this is a Roland Emmerich movie, which kind of... did you say the French irradiated the iguana? Yeah, the French did. I watched this entire movie wondering why the French were in it. Like, that maybe is like a thing that... Well, well this is why. This is why. So I was like, now, "There's trivia thing in there's, this movie. Am I supposed to infer they're French from just watching the footage?" There's trivia in this, right? So the French are in it, and what you do hear at the start is you hear some countdown in French. You know, neuf, oh, so I'm a linguist yeah. now. This movie is expecting <laughs> me to be a linguist. I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, trust your audience and everything, but that's a big fucking ask. So this is why the French are there, right? This is why the French are there, and and it's and they mentioned French Polynesia. Right, except every single every single um, nuclear bomb that we get to see is either British or American. <laughs> so, so like, not that I can recognise nuclear bombs, but there's a couple that I'm like, that is definitely the one of the Trinity tests or whatever that took place. Like, you cannot. Like, what the fuck are you doing? But anyway, this is why the French are in it, and this is why this weird Dauphinian potatoes thing. Which we we you know we're we're enjoying but confused by, doesn't make sense is because you kind of need I'm a little bit more. I'm confused by the different words we're saying, Sam. What are you saying? Dauphinion. Is he not Dauphinois? I don't know. I don't think I either mean, of us. I don't think either of us are <laughs> qualified to, to make that judgment. Um, I feel like I feel like I said Dauphinois potatoes and you then said a different word because you assumed I was pronouncing it wrong. And they could be this. It could be different words. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know, Dave. But again, I'm not sure that um, I'm not sure that this is. Let me have a look. Um, da, da, da. Dauphin, Dauphinois, Dauphinois. I, I think I think I'm right. I think I'm right. So I think I I'm was happy. the one saying Dauphinois. Oh, okay. You were saying well, Dauphinion. Anyway, filet mignon. Filet mignon, Dauphinois. I'm trying to load the YouTube video that's going to tell us. Just tell us how to pronounce it. I don't know. Dauphinois is what it says there. Which one did I say? The other one. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> well, listeners, you heard it here first. Creamy that potatoes. I just from wanted France. to make sure that was wrong. I'll Creamy 
French potatoes. Creamy French potatoes, um, all called John something, as we get in this movie. Now, these guys, these guys, this is where it begins because of the French testing. And so, like, straight away, America is, oh, yeah, we're going to blame the French for this. We are going to blame the Frenchies for this massive... Do you think that's... Do you think that's from the filmmaker's point of view, with a view of like, because this is an American movie, like this is a. Well, they're not going to blame mean, not, the Americans, are they? Not to bring up nine eleven, but to bring up nine eleven for a oh, minute. Drink before nine yeah. eleven, before nine eleven, Hollywood loved blowing up New York. Like there are so many movies, and L.A. as well. Like where let's take a city and let's blow it up, and then it became a bit taboo after you know they literally blew up New York a bit. Um, it's no longer fun Ooh, to portray no. that in movies. <laughs> See, the, but the, even the, the, even the Marvel movies are blowing up New York every six months. Like, yeah, yeah. so it hasn't really stopped. But this is like a this is the peak, I think, of like we are just exploding. Like well, you've got Independence New York. Day, haven't you? Which was another yeah. Roland Emmerich movie. So is that ninety nine? No, that was before. Four ninety six. Uh, so, so, so this is before. So you've got you've got that, which I think you know the the Empire State Building gets destroyed. You then in this movie they destroy the Chrysler Building, and there's a couple of others as well, isn't there? The Madison Square Gardens. Madison Square Garden, the MetLife, I think, gets walked through. <laughs> I think the MetLife Building gets this, like. Yeah. The imagery in this is unbelievable. Even even the kind of you know the in the twin tower. Oh, we could talk about fucking nine eleven every, every episode. But you know the twin towers, the, the the kind of the the beams that were poking up, a bit like rib cage kind of thing. That you yeah, know, that imagery. They even have that. They even have the smoke. They have everything. They have New Yorkers running. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I think you're right. But Marvel, what they're doing is using that imagery, and you kind of think like, hmm. Did uh, was Bin Laden watching these movies? Because he's this seems quite instructional. Uh, into I mean, I'm not suggesting that Al Qaeda was able to. You're not like, suggesting that Bin Laden was a was a fucking what Godzilla? Here comes five hundred meter tall Godzilla who stomped through. I mean, conspiracy theories have one thing, Sam. That's a hard sell. I that's think a really he would have sell. wanted to if he could. I think the planes were. This is a terrible aside, but the but the point the point being though is. Like this is a classic disaster movie, isn't it? Really, this is a yeah. this is a everything's going wrong, and what we require is, you know, a cast of characters, a little ensemble but, for us to but, 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 for us to go. Sidebar, Sam. I think the disaster movie aspect of it. I think the the military, the German American military stuff works all right. Like the scenes where we're blowing stuff up, it's fun. The Godzilla stuff, like in of itself, outside of this silly plot and the main cast doing acting. Uh, like I think it works pretty well. I was m- the most engaged when buildings were being blown up and when this monster was stomping around New York. And like, you know, that's what this movie should have been about, rather than like all of the Matthew Broderick just dumping out lines, not selling anything, and doing things where I'm still scratching my head at the end of the movie and going, I don't understand <laughs> why he was involved mm. or why he's mm. doing any of the things he's doing. No. No, and it's and it's kind of like it's from the beginning. I think. I mean, this this film went through production, its own production hell, and there's like so many different versions. And obviously, there's a whole Godzilla like fandom thing that 
or, or the creators of Godzilla in in Japan, and all of that like exists, and you can go read Wikipedia to get into it. But really, I think what we're presented with is a film that kind of doesn't really know what it needs to do. It doesn't know how to like get to the Godzilla bit, which is kind of, I think, pretty compelling. As you say, when you're watching the Godzilla destroy stuff, I mean, the bit when it's chasing the helicopters, even though there are eighty thousand helicopters in like one shot if the, later on, it's just ridiculous. Oh it's yeah, pretty... the army was quite heavily invested in making this movie. Oh, they must. I mean, they are co- to- almost in to- uh, completely incompetent. I mean, throughout. see our Lord of War episode where we talk about the American military fucking funding movies, entertainment complex. Yeah, that exists. But also, all of that you've got Godzilla in New York. But what to me, it just feels like they just had no better ideas about how we're going to get there. Now we start off in the movie. The very, I think, a pretty cool scene, you know, with the fishing boats and everything. Getting like the dragging on, it's all great. It's all great, and I'm like, wow, this is a really cool opening to a film. The the mystery, the overall mystery of how um, and and where Godzilla, you know, came from. All of that stuff is great because you know what it is going into the movie. Obviously, is the title of the film. It's great, Sam, because like it's a light touch. Like they're like, yeah, there's a monster. We made a monster. Nuclear yeah. bombs, whatever, something. He's a monster. He's going to destroy stuff. And you're like, great, I'm strapped in. I understand that. We're we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Not sure why he's in New York. Uh, I guess just well, everyone they wants t- to go to New York. Well, they, take him, they take him to New York, don't they? Because you've got, cats. You, you've then got, after the after the Kajura guy with the, you know, what did you see? What, what did you see, old man? Like, you've got that bit, which was built for the trailers, built for the trailers. And then we, it's it's almost like a phase, you know, imagine, you know, the, it all fades. We have some chirpy music and here comes our hero, Matthew Broderick, with his headphones on. It's the worm guy, you know, and, and, and then just, just straight off, straight off his introduction. He's, he, you know, he's weird and he's a bit nerdy and I'm like, all right, well, I can appreciate that as, you know, someone who's weird and nerdy. But you kind of want, you kind of want like, you know, where, what, what's Matthew Broderick doing? What's his character here for? Because he doesn't, all the way through the film, and this is the thing that I think we'll probably keep coming back to, is like, who allowed him to be here? Why is he in this tent? Because he's got like, what he, he they say he's the leading expert, what, on Godzilla's? Because I'm pretty sure no one's a fucking leading expert on, on this creature. And it's just, it's just spawned off, you know, French it's- Polynesia and now he's in New York. The MacGuffin really is that, like, he's studying <laughs> the effects of radiation from nuclear testing on worms. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, worm? I believe, worm? I believe somebody is studying that. However, it's a pretty large jump to, like, now he's an expert on this, like, Godzilla thing and it's come from a toad or a frog or something. It's like... Why isn't he just an expert? Why isn't he literally? Why isn't he Doctor Grant from Jurassic Park? He's a dinosaur expert, and you're like, great dinosaur, dinosaur expert. That's a one-to-one conversion at the fucking moviegoers concession. That's like, right, dinosaur. Let's get a dinosaur expert. Great, love it, believe it. Okay, no, Even. he's he's a worm guy. He's he's the worm guy. Did you know that the uh, Chernobyl worms are seventeen percent bigger? Like, fuck it, who gives a fuck, Matthew? Shut up. 
Um, so the other thing that, that, that yeah, you're totally right. Like, let's give him a bit of a reason for him to be there. We talk about motivation in movies far too much, and I sometimes think, ah, is that just because I know what that means? But actually, when you go when you go to like really look at a lot of films, what's missing so much is a reason for the character to do the things they want to do. Now you've kind of got like they attempt it with the girlfriend later on, although. He seems pretty oblivious to the, that whole thing as well, because he maybe that's just Broderick's terrible performance. But like maybe, maybe he's a a, a, a burnt out nuclear activist, you know, who's trying to who's trying to like stop nukes from going off. It's it, it's post it's it's post you know fall of the Soviet Union. We're all feeling pretty ch- chipper end of history and all that stuff. Now we need to de-arm. Uh, and and then we can you know all live in happiness. That's exactly what it'd be like. So there maybe he'd have some You're kind right, of reason Sam. for him to be. There like... needs to be a justification of not only why we involve him, which I think they kind of, it's kind of fine. But at the same time, like, why is he still there when they're in New York? Like he is not needed. You need a whatsoever. reason for him to be the expert that they've got, or like maybe he discovers something and he's like, right, we can fight Godzilla with this. Yeah, this is the giant Zords from Power Rangers. Great. I'd buy that. Um, <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, yeah, well, why, why, why isn't there a giant robot fighting this Godzilla? Um, oh, anyway. I mean, if, if you went back into the history books of Godzilla, that probably happened several times. <laughs> and the history books of Power Rangers. Absolutely, 100%. Um, Super Sentai definitely has fucking dinosaurs in it all over the place. Um, but, like, there needs to be some justification of why he's brought in, which I think they kind of skate by on, maybe. And then, like, why is he still there? Like, why is it then his job to, like, team up with fucking Jean-Pierre and Jean-Paul and Jean-Jean to go and, like... And Jean-Luc to go and, like, um, you know, take down all these dinosaur eggs. Like, why is that his job? Why is he so invested in it? And it's like... They're obviously... and, And the trivia being that this role was written for Broderick is, like... Wow. Was it? Did he actually read it? Like because it feels like every single line delivery and every single line delivery of his in this movie feels like he's reading words someone's holding up on a board. Like there's been no preparation, he's no idea about his own character. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really bad and like it's some of the worst delivery. And like I said, I think it's I think Matthew Broderick's a, a somewhat bad actor generally. And I think this is his worst performance. <laughs> and that's kind of like, so you know what I mean? You're already taking somebody who's already not great and then like putting them in this horrible role where they're, where they're really not show- bothering anyway. And it's like, it just drains every scene of any blood that they might have otherwise had. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the case. That's exactly the case. And you end, you end up, you end up just, I, 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 it's so distracting. We should maybe move on from Broderick, but I think we just have to really underline like, I don't think I have seen a worst performance from a from a lead actor in a in a long in a long long time. Like because <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's not it's not just like he's in 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 the background or like Hank Azaria is doing his zany thing. You know, this guy is the anchor of the movie. He's the one we're supposed to be rooting for. And all I can do the the, the bit the bit later on where he he says. He says something, I can't remember the exact context, but he basically goes, oh, oh, and oh, and has this like realisation of, of what's going on. The, the other one, when the, the, the phones are dead, and he's like, 
I don't know. I don't know why the phones are dead. The phones are dead, and he's just like, "Come on, come on." There is you're not you're not delivering anything other than what's you know. Like he's just reading lines. Like you or I could have done this same. It is performance bizarre it is bizarre let's go some positives though because the start of the movie i think is pretty good pretty intriguing i like that they give us a little bit of time before showing us the godzilla i think it's about 25 minutes before they show us the godzilla in full we see the footprint i remember the footprint the being footprint. a big trailer scene uh, as well like and the that's a good camera Panama. shot like it's a good boom shot where they sort of like go up and, yeah, where's um, where's the evidence, or, or or where's the whatever it is, you know? And he's like, and he's he's looking around because he's a fucking idiot, and he's standing in it. He's standing in this footprint like that's great. That is great. Also, the ship, um, with the they've got this this boat like a uh, ship, which I think is it, it looks like it's one of those real beached um, ships that's that's being dismantled. And they add on some holes in the hull and these helicopters flying around and stuff. Like the sense of mystery and the scale of this film, I think is excellent. And that's because it's, you know, in terms of like the production design and, and, and even some of the direction from Emmerich, <clears throat> it's fairly competent in that sense. You are like thinking, shit, this Godzilla means business. And that's that's pretty great, isn't it? Like that's what you want from the the start of the movie before you see it. Build the suspense. Build the suspense. Oh no, the here comes Godric. The, the tension destroyer. <laughs> the trailer scenes are good and like yeah, I think Broderick kind of drains every scene of everything anything you could have. So let's maybe talk about the let's move off Broderick for a second. We'll loop back around, don't worry. Um and like let's talk about the the pieces around Broderick. Um I like this army colonel uh, played by Kevin Dunn. Uh, I think he's doing like a. I like Kevin Dunn generally. Uh, I think he's doing a reasonable role of like, he's this salty army guy and he he wants a boffin to do the boffin work. Yeah. Um, and that's he, he, need, he needs a cigar. He you know he needs a cigar and he and he does great shouting, and great you know, I'm not paid to think type of fucking mentality. Yeah. Like, I, I, he, he's like he's that American guy. He's like right, we're gonna blow it up then. Great, and that's yeah, that's fine. Um, and then, so you've got Matthew Broderick is with the, the army. They're they're sort of searching for Godzilla. And the other thread in this movie, we'll get to the Frenchman, but let's save that maybe because that's yeah, the shining light for us, isn't it? Yeah. Complex calculations involved in why they're in this movie. Um, but on the other side of this, we've got uh, this reporter, um, Broderick's girlfriend, who we should find the name of just for completion, uh, Audrey, uh, who's played by Maria Patillo. Um, so you've got Audrey's this like she wants to be and this is a fucking tropey well-worn like shitty Hollywood thing she's she's a woman and she just wants to be a reporter she just wants to get her chance and the big story and like uh, so you have this newsroom which you know print media's dead so this is all gone now <laughs> so you have this newsroom <laughs> news what? Uh, with Hank Azaria as the, the cameraman um, she's got a friend who's unnamed Hank Azaria's wife uh, and Harry Shearer is her boss who keeps trying to sexually assault her. Um, like, somehow that movie is going on, like, at the, simultaneously with this, like, we're searching for this Godzilla story. Um, when it's fine until Matthew Broderick enters it and you're like, oh, actually, this is also really, really boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's like Maria Polito, she's, she's kind of ploggy. She did, she did earn herself a Razzie Award um, for, for this performance. And I, and I do think, again, I thought. 
you know, let's 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 uh, let's do the maths here. If we've got two actors who kind of feel like they're you know phoning the line their lines in, plus you've got quite a lot of other stuff that feels like it's a bit half baked. You know, you have to go to the source, which is maybe the direction, uh, which is which is the cause of this. And and Roland Emmerich is certainly a hmm, varied director. Like, but there's her 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 stuff kind of works. I. I liked Harry Shearer. I thought Hank Azaria was good. Let's also mention that Nancy Cartwright's in this movie. I think the writer of the movie loved The Simpsons, and so was like... Who doesn't love The Simpsons? Get everyone on board, you know. You get a job, and you get a job, and you get a job. Nancy Cartwright does, has like a... She's talking to um, Harry Shearer about, you know, your story just went by the window or something. So there's all of that. All of that's fine, and, and the, you know... Broderick's girlfriend, as the as the movie is very uh, focused on, kind of has like an arc, you know. There's at least a, again her motivation's clear. She wants to be a cool reporter, and she's trying to, you know, boss is a total creep, misogynist, and that works. And they play it really like that he is a total yeah. creep, and he's supposed to be. It's engaging, you know? isn't it? It's like, oh, that is engaging, and he's he's a scumbag as well. Like he steals a story from her later, yeah, and like. And so you are rooting for this character. I don't think the performance is amazing. Like I think the Razzie is maybe like not that far off the mark. However, <laughs> like then she gets bogged down in this Matthew Broderick plot line where um, the film feels a need to have them be like ex-lovers. Like you know they, they they went out in college and it's like you name me Sam. One way this movie would be different if these characters just met searching for this Godzilla. Like she's. She's got Audrey's got the motivation to stick with this guy because he knows about the Godzilla. That's where her story is. Like Broderick wants to stick with this woman because she's a reporter and she can shed light on because he, thing. Because or a... or maybe you have Broderick act whatsoever. Like maybe he wants to fuck this woman. Like that's something <laughs> say, we could have in a because movie. Because he's a he's a sex starved n- worm nerd is what is was my first thought. I was like. Surely, surely that's enough. That's enough. If only, if only Matthew Broderick had the acting range to portray that. Yeah, I, he barely has the acting range to portray worm nerd. He he can barely have the acting range to tie his own shoes. To be honest, the <laughs> yes, yeah, this is but this is, you're exactly right because at least then there would be some tension. Now we could have them kind of fighting each other. You know, you've got that ad- slightly adversarial relationship that would would be fun, and it would have a little bit of tension and spice to to the scenes. You know, and and then maybe later on it. We we get the similar reveal in this where she steals the videotape and kind of uses him for the story. It would have more impact, I think, if they didn't have all this backstory. The backstory is just like irrelevant, doesn't it? It doesn't really add anything. So it's just fluff. And I was very bored whenever it was scenes with them and um, even Hangazaria and 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 um, his wife. Um, like all of it was just a bit like, what are we doing? Like, yeah, there's some funny scenes with Hangazaria, like where he nearly gets crushed by the. The Godzilla, and then uh-huh. another similar thing later on. There's some funny scenes there, uh, but like it, every it, time, I was like, "Why are we stopping for this bullshit again?" It just doesn't. like pick which lane you want to be in. Movie is this a disaster movie where we're mm-hmm. going to have people running around? But a lot of the time, it kind of like it's aliens a lot of the time as well, and it's like it's we're running around be, blowing stuff also, up. We we also get lots of. Um, kind of like table scenes you know conference room scenes where it's 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 just kind of looking at 
images of uh, on, on the on the screen that have been captured. Like, there's just not enough action. I don't think that wraps up in in all of it to make it to to to, to bring us along in a way that's engaging and fun and interesting, scene to scene. Whereas some of it is, and then a lot of it really isn't. And then we have some of it that is, and then a lot. Like so all of that, I think the unevenness as we go through the movie is probably one of the biggest sins of this. It maybe yeah. doesn't have like that sort of like really strong central theme. Um, I think probably Jurassic Park's the closest thing this movie was going for. Um, or maybe, I suppose, maybe Independence Day as well. But like, it doesn't have that strong theme of like, what are we trying to achieve in this movie? Because like Broderick kind of yo-yos between wanting to save the Godzilla and then supporting killing it and its babies. And it's kind of like unclear for a lot of the movie what he wants. The military obviously wants to save lives and save the city, etc. And that's fine. That's easy to understand. The Frenchmen we'll get into in a second there, doing their own thing. Uh, The reporter's really self-interested. And again, that's fine. But what does Broderick want? He's our main character. He's He's our protagonist. He's our hero. What does he want? What are his goals? Like, how does he feel about any of this? Part of the problem is that, obviously, Broderick can't fucking convey anything like those um, things. But part of the problem also is maybe that, like, the writing isn't clear enough on what he wants. If he was a dinosaur expert and he came in and he was like, we've got to save this dinosaur, we've got to capture it so that we can study it because this is an opportunity we, you know, humanity's never had. Great. There's something there, you know? Um, Or, alternatively, if he's like, the army says we've got to save it and weaponize it, etc. And then Broderick can be like, now we've got to kill it because it's going to breed and do all of this and kill us. Like, you kind of need to pick one, you know? We need to have one of them and not both. Yeah, yeah, and the film... And we have both in this movie. Exactly, exactly. And so we're left left unsatisfied, aren't we? Um, before we go on the French guys, because that's going to be our favourite discussion, probably. Let's talk about this monster now. From what I from what I read, basically we had uh, the 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 CG was all done in ninety eight. Now it's nineteen ninety eight. Let's just go easy on ourselves, you know. Let's not push <laughs> because we yes we do have the Jurassic Park, which looked fantastic, but they almost like you know destroyed themselves getting to that point. It, that was that was something that I think was was a, a a very high bar for CG. So when it comes to this, it's looking I think acceptable now. But what I read is that they redid a lot of it for the Blu-ray. I can't find. I didn't look. I can't find like where's the original. What did the original look like before we had? Because I think for '98, this is uh, most of it's okay. The bits that really don't work are the young Godzillas later on. I when they're CG. Because you get some shots, it's like one version is the puppet, which looks great, and then you have the the um, the CGI versions, which look just dreadful and weird and just don't work at all. But the main Godzilla, I think, and the helicopters and the destruction of New York, I think looks pretty good. Now that might be the the updated Blu-ray version of it, but still, for the film that we're watching, that other people are watching now, you know many many years later i think it's a pretty damn good looking monster 
You know, and that's important, isn't it? That's important As in a film like this. As these things go, I think it's good that they don't show us, like, there's not a full, like, a one-shot of this thing. And it's kind of like the, the Jaws logic, which we get into. We haven't done Jaws on the podcast, but we've talked about it a lot. But it's that logic of, if your monster looks a bit shitty, because you can only do so much with, like, actual practical effects, don't show us all of it. Like, show us, we get a lot of Godzilla's leg in this. A lot of, like, shots of portions of his head like it's a really clever way of like not having to make a big man in a godzilla suit like the other like the japanese early japanese movies are very much like a man in a, a man in a dinosaur suit smashing buildings up yeah. um like and they made a good choice here to not do that because we're going to use some more cg uh, and what practical effects we can to like show portions of the godzilla and like it's it's silhouette smashing buildings i think i think it's a real like economy here of what shots they show, so that I agree, I think it holds up reasonably well. I do think it's been touched up a little, uh, only because about half of the explosions in the last third of this movie look absolute dog shite and the rest look all right. Mm. Um, so I presume they decided that the ones that look like shit now, I think they decided when they did the remaster that they looked okay, but they look really like, they, they're, they're composite shots, I think, and you can really tell that there's no explosion happening in this scene. It's all just composited on. Yeah, yeah, it is. A lot of miniatures in this movie. I think the um, uh, Chrysler Building is a miniature. The Madison Square Garden, Madison Cube Garden. I wanted to call that all the way through. (laughs) Madison Cube Garden. I genuinely, Sam, I'm not a New Yorker, but it's not a cube. (laughs) No, it's not. not. Are they making it a cube? Is that something I imagined? No, the cube is a Futurama joke. Uh, that's I'm sure they're doing something with Madison Square Gardens. I was reading. I don't think that they can get a cube because it's round. To be fair, so Madison Square Garden is um, that's a that's a pretty I think a pretty good uh, miniature. Like and I love miniatures, I really do. And there's a, I think there's a couple of nice matte um, paintings in this as well. Like, but miniatures is where I think we really don't appreciate just how good a miniature can look. I mean, Lord of the Rings has got tons of them. And I know that's 2000, 2001, so not far, not that far after after this. But you can't tell, especially when you composite it with digital stuff. So you have you know digital people walking on top of it. It looks fantastic, and I think this is a great example of that. Where you think, wow, did they did they blow up? Did they blow up New York? Like no, no, they didn't. They just managed to create a pretty good, convincing version of that, and then blow it up. With you know, yeah. which so I just want to always appreciate a nice miniature. Miniatures yeah. are cool. It's a cool practical way of doing things that, unlike um, anyone who's watched new Star Wars films and like is, is sort of aware of the discussions around that, kind of knows about the argument for practical effects versus CGI. Like it's kind of on the basis of miniatures look pretty good and matte paintings can look pretty good if you do it right, and mm-hmm. it feels a lot more tangible. The human brain's quite clever, and we can usually tell CGI. Um, yeah. the thing I was referring to earlier Sam uh, I, I'm not mad they are building something in London called the Madison Square Garden Sphere okay well, so, so it's a sphere not a cube but it's it, not a cube and, it's not and a cube, it is in London you can forgive me for thinking they were, they were changing the shape of the square I can, I, can, <laughs> I can forgive you for merging a Futurama joke with reality yes I can do oh, that's I will I will accept that you have been pardoned uh, anyway by redeemed the, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's again to back to Godzilla. I think that's where the movie works the best is when we're blowing up New York and like 
there's no none of the actors are on the screen and we don't have to hear any of the dialogue which is kind of like the actual effect the actual practical and that's why this movie made the money it made i think is because like they're blowing up new york what's not to like well funnily enough it, it it was a bit of a flop in america but it was in europe and and i think that there's a good uh, there's i don't know there's maybe some kind of cultural thing there about like blowing up new york but then they did it in independence day and that was really good so i don't know if it's like a i don't think it's an america uh europe thing but there's just maybe like the whole godzilla concept feels like because a lot of in a lot of ways this killed a lot of monster movies for quite a while monster movies didn't really survive I don't think beyond this because it really did it, it wasn't the success they thought it was I mean there is so much if you go on Wikipedia that the, the, the level of production detail for this movie in terms of development pre-production the different scripts the creature design um, Tristar the, 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 the producers the, the studio basically destroying its budget you know even when it was quite far into production and, and that caused problems with the cgi the godzilla i think is it toho i think yeah, the godzilla so, company was was completely aghast by this well, and they made in um there were 32 godzilla movies that were being made in japan like it's a really shockingly popular franchise um, for the last 70 years like really really love Godzilla in Japan and yeah this movie and they've made three new I don't know if you've seen like they've made three new Godzilla movies in America mm-hmm. um, but they're not necessarily directly related to this it's a different production studio uh, and they started making them in 2014 I didn't even wasn't even aware of them Godzilla 2014 Godzilla King of the Monsters came out in 2019 and then Godzilla vs. Kong is come, came out last year. Yeah. Um, and you know and what I that is. Hear... You know what that is. That's, not, that's millennial nostalgia. That's the millennial yeah. nostalgia dollar. That, that, that we should exactly. be buying into this. That is in reference to this movie, which made loads of money and had a huge cultural impact, despite being like fairly critically panned. And again, by us, like, this is not a great movie. But yeah. like it was a big movie. And sometimes... We did another shit movie recently that was uh, something about Mary is a similar movie where like it's shit but it was big so like quality is not important sometimes you just need to make a splash to like be remembered and to get like you know like Godzilla like it's a recognizable thing we don't recognize Godzilla from the the Toho productions because honestly like and I can speak for myself anyway I'm not massively into Japanese movies um, and that's probably a loss to myself but, but I'm just not. And therefore, I'm not massively aware of stuff like that. So I know Godzilla from this movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. And Simpsons references. <laughs> As everything. the cult That is the cultural juice that flows in our veins, isn't it? That keeps <laughs> cultural us... juice. Yeah, oh, jeez. Um, so so the, let's get back to the film a little bit. We've we, the, the, the monster is in New York. They try and kill it. That doesn't work. But they... Um, they, oh, Matthew Broderick manages to, in his wonderfully unconvincing way, get a blood sample of it, goes to a pharmacist and buys several pregnancy tests and they work. Now, I'm not a biologist. I don't know. I know know nothing really about lizards. Do you think that, do you think that, you know, the genetic 
functioning of, of human lizards is close enough that we can just use a pregnancy test meant for women. Also, also on, Sam, on, um, I don't know if you obviously you've you've got two kids, so um, you have first-hand experience in in somebody in your life taking a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. Don't tend to advise you fucking open a vein and bleed on these things. <laughs> bleed. <laughs> like, no, pretty don't. sure even in 1998, that's not how you got an over-the-counter pregnancy test. Like, was something that you have to, like, fucking start poking holes in yourself to <laughs> do. It's, it's urine. Um, and while <laughs> I agree with the choice not to have Godzilla piss on Matthew Broderick, although I'd like to see that. Oh, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry. That that was a that was a, a, an open goal that should have happened. That should have happened. <laughs> we should have. We no, should have pissed on Hank's area. That should have been that scene. Yes, yes, his area would have and been. And then he's like, Broderick's there with a fucking beaker trying to like scrape the piss off Hanker's area. That's a funny scene. I'm there for that. We are writing a better movie what right now. This, what, what is going on? What, how can they? Not, how could they not have something like that? They've, they've got the pregnancy test. You've done all the work. You've done all the work. You've you've managed. You've wheeled Matthew Broderick into this pharmacist and this poor actor having to pretend to be a pharmacist to get Matthew Broderick. She's not getting paid for that. She's not getting paid for that. So at least you know, let's make the most of it. And then you don't even have the Godzilla pissing. I mean, surely, surely having it piss somewhere would why be also, great Why does he have to go and get a pregnancy test? I don't understand the shorthand. It's having with a centrifuge. Like, oh, I'm a scientist that's pregnant. Like, great, bish, bash, bosh. Yes, they could, have, they could have used thermal scanners and they could have seen that there's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, there's just a million... I know, I know, I know. We're getting you know bogged down in the, in the minutiae here. No, we're not but getting we... bogged down because this is this is structural. This is about structural choices through the movie. They do it because who does he meet at this point in the in the thing with the with the pregnancy tests? He meets Audrey and there's blah, blah, blah. We get the lots of the pathetic attempt at tension acting that, <laughs> that both to be fair they're both two them, actors who they, are not you know they, of they, could, it off. they could be brother and sister that's that is my that is all the way through i'm like wow this is weird a particularly you related a particularly fucking like chaste and puritanical brother and sister at that <laughs> sam yes there's not even like a familial affection between these two people they don't convey no, no. anything they've been beaten by their overly religious parents for too long and 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 they turned on each other at some point and now now in the midst of this terrorist attack sorry i mean godzilla attack they are being brought together to it's, fight it's deeply stupid and this is where they're sort of like the movie has brought matthew broderick and the army break up um you know, don't call me, I'll call you kind of situation. Um, it's pregnant, it's pregnant, we need to find the eggs. Fuck the eggs, we're going to bomb it, fuck the eggs. Oh no, yeah. this is... Yeah. And they're like, we're going to blow it up. And he's like, no, we need to find the eggs. And you're like, well, sure, the army would be like, yeah, let's, let's blow it all up. Like, absolutely fine, no problem. We've already blown up most of New York. Why don't we just... Because they're talking about nuking the island, aren't they? It's on Manhattan. Yeah, which is wild. Um, which is something, wild. like it's a ticking bomb and it's silly and it's stupid and it's... But it's fun. But it's, any, it's not um, but then anywhere we have, near... Like, hold on, hold on. It's not anywhere near ticking enough, though. This is the thing. Is like There's so many open goals in this. They do talk about it, and they talk about the need to... At some point, we're going to have to blow up the entire of Manhattan. Like, we are going to have to just end this. And that's the thing that they could have all the way through the film, and that Broderick and Audrey and everyone else kind of needs to, 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 to go in, just, you know, figure out where the eggs are, and that way they can just target that bit rather than, Mr. President, we have no choice but to bomb the island unless these plucky individuals manage to 
find a way for us not to do that. Like that could be a great, again, tension that runs through the movie and then the film's just not interested in that at all. No, um, but it does lead to Matthew Broderick basically and the other main cast basically taking a fucking holiday in the middle of this movie where they go into Madison Square Gardens to try and find these <laughs> eggs. And this is where it becomes alien and like aliens. And it's like, oh, it's full of eggs. And and we get um, uh, Jean, Re- Jean Reno, Jean Reno, the, uh, the fantastic uh, premier French actor um, in, in English movies. Um, and his friends, Jean-Paul, Jean-Pierre, Jean-Luc, and Jean-Picard or whatever, uh, like him and his fucking gaggle of French mates. And they're like French Navy SEALs and they come into this movie. And honestly, better movie. Like, just give me that movie. Just give me the movie of Jean Reno, Jean Reno driving around New York, blowing stuff up. Great. Um, you know, I, I, I love Jean Reno. I think he is... Um, Especially nineties, in the nineties, like he was on top of the French English speaking world. Well, previous episode, uh, Ronin, uh, which he's in. Um, I'm not. I feel like we've done a second movie with uh, with him in, but I can't. Think no, of but it. we should do the professional. We should do the. We should. Leon. That's a great the, movie. Yeah, like that's a f- absolutely cracking movie. And 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 he like he's got this hard. He's got this hard ass. I'm gonna you know shoot stuff and drink piss American coffee all the way through the movie and now again again we kind of like I feel like there's a merged character here where we could have had a film with Broderick and Gene Reno being the same person and they could have kind of filled that role a little bit like that would have been a different take it would be a bit more actiony and a bit more kind of like Die Hard-esque but that would have been fun again I'm just trying to think of ways to get Broderick out of this movie just get Broderick out of this movie and just have Gene Reno just be like the main guy, but he he's, he's funny. French. He's French. he's we funny. Don't... He's cool. You he's an a- me... He is, he is the action star that this movie needed. But obviously, this French production company were like, we we cannot. It's a tri-star production. We cannot have a Frenchman like Frodigar movie because Americans don't like Europeans or whatever. So we need some fucking guy with a massive forehead who can't act. Uh, but like Reno is just, he's engaging. Uh, he's capable. Uh, he can act. Um, so like, and he he steals every scene he's in. I'm like, oh, what's he gonna do next? You know, when he's driving around the car and uh, and they're all chewing gum. I really got really that was the, the biggest laugh of the movie the for me. Gum. The was gum. when he's like he's like handing out gum to all of the French like uh, <laughs> Marines. And, and, and Matthew Broderick's like, what are you doing? And he's like, we'll look more American if we chew gum, basically. And, and I'm then, like, I'm genuinely got a big laugh out of me. And then crucially, they go to each one of the French guys, all with like, like, like they're just about, <laughs> you know, if four you put, kilos of gum in their mouth. <laughs> if it was in black and white, you think, God, these guys are about to storm the D-Day beaches. You know, this is fucking normal land. Look at them. <laughs> fantastic fantastic little bit of lightness and humor all the way through actually the french guys bring that the bit with the coffee you know and and they walk in and, and they're like what was he and they've got like a donut you know and no croissant and it's like funny 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 i mean we are laughing at french people but they can take it they had an empire at one point it's not really like in a nasty way though it's just no, more like no. a, they think americans are fucking like crassless boars which they can be and which certainly matthew broderick in this fucking movie is um but like that's the movie i wanted to watch i wanted to watch 
that movie and and I didn't get it. I get like um there's a great other scene by the way. We were joking um like when we were watching this that um they've all got like really sort of like uh stereotypical French names and then I was looking after I watched the movie at the actual like cast list. So um Jean Reno's character is called Philippe. Um his three henchmen are called Jean-Luc Jean-Claude and Jean-Pierre. I'm not joking. That is the credit. No, you could have think, because we've mentioned the names already, you could have thought, listener, we were just making those names up. No, 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 no. Now, I did have I did have a little bit of a retcon in my head, though. I'm like, well, maybe they've done this intentionally because they're all, you know, it's, it's code names. Possibly, possibly. But I also think I'm not sure I can give the film that much credit that they actually considered it because because of the general stereotype that these very very French looking people are as well. The, the, and it's the, it's the scene where um, Reno is uh, is with Broderick and uh, Broderick's girlfriend, whose name I've forgotten already, Pelotti, I think. Audrey. Um, yeah. And uh, and he kind of like one of the one of the Frenchmen comes up. Um, I assume. Uh, Jean Who cares? Paul? One of them, yeah. Anyway, and uh, Reno goes, he sort of asks, he's like, Jean-Pierre, Jean-Luc? And I was like, hold on a minute. Did he just <laughs> say Jean-Pierre and Jean-Luc? And I'm like, it's fine, but like there are other French names. Did, they you, uh, called... did, you, least, did you least save his uh, necklace of onions? Like, there's nothing. There's there's they, no... are, they are delivering on- onions in heaven now. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's madness. Let's. You talked about them having a having a holiday through this movie. Now, this is, I think, where we because because. But let's not forget. Let's not forget that the military has achieved its purpose up to this point. They have shot and killed. They think the Godzilla who's floated down to the bottom. Now, we we you know we do get a lot. Of, do we get lots of cheering well, at this point? The no no. So the the. the the order of this movie is so fucking messed up, and I know you watched it in two parts, but, like, so we have the movie, Godzilla starts smashing up New York, Broderick falls out with the army, don't call me, don't call us, we'll call you, kind of situation. Um, then we have the Madison Square Gardens bit with the Frenchman, and they're hunting the eggs, and they blow up Madison Square Gardens to destroy the eggs. They do that, at which point the army kills the Godzilla no, with no, all the wrong. rockets. They, they kill, I'm not wrong. They ki- they are they they killed this is this is what's bizarre right they kill the godzilla it's at the bottom of the ocean they think it's dead they're sending divers down to get it right then they go to madison square garden which is so so all tension is effectively, oh sorry they think he's dead they think he's they dead. think he's dead yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying so they've, they've they've knocked him down into the ocean and from there they're now like right we need to focus on the eggs because they managed to um the the they managed to the, the footage um the the idea that there's there are um that they can reproduce asexually is what is what she steals the tape is so fucking confusing but anyway they're in they're in Madison Square Garden and this is I think this is where we we like it's an all right concept of a scene and they're all being chased around by these little mini Godzillas it does feel like it does feel like you know the end of Lord of the Rings, the the last one, and we have six or seven different endings, and you think, oh, okay, that's the end of the movie, and you get up, oh no, no, a little bit more. Sorry, that was just a very slow fade there, 
And then we get another bit. And and the music, the music. You think, brilliant, that's it. Oh, no, there's a little bit more. Okay, and it goes on and on. And this is what this film does, except it does it for the last 40 minutes. (laughs) We get 40 minutes of False Dawns, and I'm just like... Well, it's a lot. Like I said about the film taking a holiday. Like, so we think Godzilla's dead. Fine. We kill all the baby Godzillas. Also fine, I guess. Then we have the taxi chase that goes on for 45 minutes. Um, at the end Madness. of which we kill the Godzilla again and then like you said and then we're like we have the fucking this line made me want to th- maybe throw up in my mouth uh, where Broderick turns to Reno and just says I've always wanted to I always wanted to join the French Foreign Legion um, and it's just like a shockingly bad line I always wanted to join the French Foreign Legion and it's again just sort of dumped he- out in that Broderick sort of fashion God, he's bad. And we keep coming back to it and we said we wouldn't, but my God, he's bad. There's just, that that's exactly the line of like, anyone else, anyone else, anyone else could have delivered that, you know? I mean, I know we, I know Will Smith is the obvious one, but we need a Will Smith in this. We need someone who has just an ounce of charisma, who's able to, because, because it's a campy action movie. It's not, we don't need to take ourselves so seriously all the time. We accept that. But goodness me, there surely there was somebody else. Surely, you know, you would think, I don't know. Um, it's just a very tough sort of um, place for him to be. Like I said, because he's just bad and the writing is not very good either. I don't think the dialogue is written particularly well in this. Um, for the most part it's way too long and then to have like the ending be so so flat uh, and then to immediately ruin it by having this fucking stinger scene with this baby Godzilla and I'm like please no I've just watched 139 minutes of Matthew Broderick's forehead I don't want to ever watch Godzilla film ever again no um and it's like yeah it's the the most Unforgivable sin in a movie is being boring. And I wasn't necessarily bored in a lot of this movie. But at the same time, I was like, fucking get on with it, checking my watch, like how much longer is left. That, you know, that, you pause the film and you're like, uh, it's up 45 minutes. Great. Well, I, I, I use, you know, sometimes I watch a movie late at night because it's, you know, time you get everything done, it's... And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's maybe it was 10 o'clock. Maybe it was 10 o'clock. And staying up to 12 is not unreasonable. You know, maybe half 12, 1 o'clock, starting to push it. But, you know, I'm falling asleep. And this is and this is a film generally, like, I enjoy the process of watching it. It's quite a nostalgia here. There's fun bits. But this bit in the middle, this bit in the middle before, you know, where they're, they're looking for the eggs and they're in the t- subway scenes. And it just, it just dies a death, doesn't it? And I think what we need, what we need is to basically cut segments of this movie cut the taxi chase the whole thing where he threw the he 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 rips out like the taxi driver's id board and then throws it in in a sea of rubble in a sea of destroyed bits of metal and stuff at the the guy from desperate housewives who then manages to figure figure out that the, the radio frequency he goes to a, a separate building he goes to the building of the cab company 
looks in how he knows where to look how he figures this out this is all going on these scenes are all happening they they have time to go to the taxi company so they can contact them on the taxi radio while the chase is happening it's all happening while they're chasing away from Godzilla they're in in the tunnel at one point aren't they they're in the tunnel like trying to get out I mean and in of itself in of itself that is somebody in the writer's room thought what if he threw the 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 cab plate out of the window at, as they were running away from Godzilla and the army figured out and they could talk to them and like that's fine but also could be achieved by like it could literally be achieved oh it's by... a taxi fucking try try and try and patch into their radio signal it, just just make it Matthew Broderick just him him sitting there fumbling with the radio just turning literally you know going through the frequencies. Hello, 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 O'Neill, O'Neill, O'Neill. Like, just make it that. Just make it that, and we cut out. We cut out at least three or four minutes from this. I mean, there's, there's, that's one example. It's one example. We've had, you know, we've had, we've had the the false dawn of of the the two hundred babies being destroyed. Uh, I did like when they were like after the explosion, which they somehow managed to survive. But anyway, the um, there's quite a lot of like. Uh, uh, gore everywhere <laughs> from these babies, from these these dinosaur babies. I thought it was a nice touch. I'm like, wow, they someone thought about that and got again. Some I quite like the look of this movie. Production's great. Broderick isn't on the screen. Great. Um, but then but this chance, as usual, this... Sam. As usual, we're wrong because obviously this movie made fucking loads of money. So what do we know? We contribute to it absolutely. But but it's but it's. I think it's. Um, there's a laziness now it is you know as we've said I think it's got 15% on Rotten Tomatoes so this movie you know really isn't isn't uh, or or wasn't a critical success and that's okay isn't it we don't always want like there's a funny little thing in this we have the mayor again another fucking (laughs) character in this movie who is literally called uh, he's called Ebert he's called Roger Ebert and the other guy who I'm not sure that they name is Siskel. Gene, yeah. So it's basically Siskel. There's a bit later on where Siskel gives Ebert, the mayor, a thumbs down because he tries to take credit for all of the, you know, the mayor who yeah. saved New York. Kind of like Giuliani, but never mind. So that's nice. That's a nice little funny touch. I mean, it's really prominent in this movie. They were really fucking going for Ebert, I think. They didn't like one of the reviews. I think maybe he left for. Independence Day or whatever and you're like wow wow so you went through the whole writing process you've got multiple millions of someone else's dollars invested into this movie and you know everything catering CGI all of this (laughs) all of this and they let you keep in this massively, massively indulgent character who doesn't really do anything, isn't particularly an antagonist, doesn't really have much of a purpose, could just be the major. Like we could just have him as you know the end, the general shouting at people, and and you you left this in this movie, and that to me sums up like where we are with this film. And and critically, it, it's a it's not a success, and I think it's because. There's just so many areas where functionally they do things that don't make sense. They don't they do fluff. things. It's a lot, a lot of fluff, fluff, Sam. And like and it's kind of proof can see that, that they can see it's that. Proof, go, hmm. It's proof that you can take a tested a tested product like Godzilla, you know, and I'm not saying the Japanese market is the same as the American market or the European market, but you've taken a tested 
tried and tested product where there are at the time of this, I think there were 23 Godzilla movies that had already been made. Like, we know this works. We know people want to see giant dinosaurs smashing up a city. And, like, you take that and cast. The cast is all right. And you can make it. And the, the competent filmmaking, I will say, mostly, especially, like, the, the set design and stuff, you can do that. And it can still be a really poor movie. Like, and it's mostly, for me, it's the length. I reckon if this movie was 90 minutes, we'd be talking about how this is a totally average movie as opposed to how this is a bad movie you know because i think there's enough there to like i think there's enough there to enjoy outside of broderick because he isn't on screen all the time and when he isn't like it's an absolute blast but you know then he is <laughs> then he um, shit on the, yeah but yeah. like it's just 40 it's 50 minutes too long this movie is 139 minutes way too long for a silly mm. movie about a dinosaur smashing up new york and that's what it comes down to isn't it is that you're your um, you know, the length of your like, like uh, Die Hard is plus two hours. It's two and maybe two fifteen or something. Maybe I don't know if it's as much as two twenty, but it's. But you know what? There's like content there. There's stuff to keep us going. There's there's an overarching story, you know, treatment that is that that, that is existing that gives us like enough to hang on to, and I think. When you go from all of the different elements of this movie, which individually we quite like, we like the French stuff, we like the CGI, we like the Godzilla looks cool. Matthew Broderick's a trash fryer, but there's lots to you know that goes on. I even otherwise. don't mind the journalist like looking for her big breaks. Yeah, trope. she does. I'm she, fine she, with that. I'm okay with that as a motivation. There's some there's some competent storytelling when they when they have the they have the truck guy the the production guy behind the scenes who they later contact and say put us on live now put us on live and then he's like no and then he sees what, and then does it like that's clever you know you 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 have some relationships that pan out set up and, set up and pay off like Absolutely. on that side it works really well unfortunately like we said you've got this dry overcooked fucking half rancid before you cooked it birds the peas are good the carrots are great the parsnips dough from wild potatoes oh gorgeous I'm not sure you're uh, pronouncing that right but (laughs) (laughs) let's not do this again (laughs) so so and then uh, yeah that's what it is isn't it it's the it's the charred it's the charred husk of the the slightly grizzly chicken that we're having to pull apart you know just 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 oh actually thinking God, I mean, I don't think I want to eat any meat ever again <laughs> after this. I think I might become a vegan because I am just, I'm sickened and disgusted by having to eat this rancid chicken called Matthew Broderick. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think the other day, I was like, is there a really good Matthew Broderick film? And I think Election is the closest I can get to it in my head. Yeah, well, I think as you say, Ferris Bueller is probably like that's the what that's his that's his movie, isn't it? I think it is very much worth a, a, a rewatch, um, and I I don't know, I don't know how that would how that's going to. I hold don't know. Up. It's it's certainly not um, Inspector Gadget. That's certainly not the height of uh, his powers. Um, or um, oh my god, he was in Inspect. Oh my, he was god. Inspector Gadget. Have you not seen oh that? My. Yes, I mean, don't I don't watch that. No, don't I've seen it, it as a kid. I think that is um, we should absolutely. Yeah, he's, he is that. Inspector Gadget. Like I said, I think Election is a good a good Broderick movie, and Glory is supposed to be interesting. I've not actually seen it myself, so 
Glory, I have seen that. that. I have seen that, and he is completely overshadowed by all the other performances, including Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what you want, Broderick, though. Like, I think you want to give him small, achievable goals. Well, In election, <laughs> Matthew Broderick, Matthew Broderick, you're a pathetic middle-aged man, and he's like, great, I'm already there, perfect. <laughs> and... So he goes and he just performs in the movie, you know. Um, Glory, obviously, like I said, surround him with better actors, doing a better performance, and don't give him more than he can handle. That is the fucking rule of directing, isn't it? It's figure out who you've got, what they're capable of, and then don't fucking, do not like ask them to do more than that. Wow, that's very, uh, that's very profound. I mean, I'm just going on Inspector Gadget now. Like Godzilla, moderate box office, uh, box office, they made a sequel, I think, with somebody else because he did not want to come back. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, director video sequel, Doctor uh, Inspector Gadget two, um, starring absolutely nobody. <laughs> nobody. Absolutely um, nobody. Yeah, it so, turns out though, Inspector Gadget Sam, like you know, the cartoon was funny and like he always got these extended arms. When you see that in live action, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I know. You just Actually, imagine him being I, like, oh, "I'm in so much pain. I hurt all of the time." Can I tell? Can I tell you who was in Inspector Gadget too, as in the oh, lead role shoot, as shoot. as uh, Constable Gadget, French Stewart, who played um, the squinty guy from Third Rock from the Sun. Wow! <laughs> Absolutely. I mean. Some, it's a coffee and bagels movie, Sam. Somebody got paid to make that movie. Someone got up every morning. And got coffee and bagels, and and you know made a made a fine living doing that, and we should respect yeah. that. We should but respect this movie. That. This movie, though, there was a more than coffee and bagels. You know, there were bacon sandwiches going on the go. This was a what three hundred and fifty million ish, like global box office. Yep, about that. Yeah, which big is... movie, lots of money. Um, so everyone who made this was fine. Obviously, what the fuck do we know? Um, roll on nineties movie podcast, I guess. Mm, mm. Well, I think I think it probably comes down to the uh, the classic classic thing of uh, you want to be successful in Hollywood. Make sure you're born to somebody who was already an actor or director or whatever else. Like that's just like that is probably what's helpful. And Matthew Broderick exists and who's taunts he, us. He, is he uh, related to actors? His dad was an actor, yeah, and director um, in Hollywood. Well, Somewhere. there you go, nepotism. Sorry. Nepotism has and always will exist. Fuck will. you if you were not... Your parents aren't important. important. <laughs> You'll be nothing. You are nothing! <laughs> are we going to... Um, are we going to do any more Broderick movies? I think so. I'd like to do Election because I, I really like that movie. Um, and a lot of that is Reese Witherspoon being able to like, being such a good actor that she makes up for how bad an actor Matthew Broderick is. Um, but like, I think that's a good movie. Uh, there was the Stepford Wives remake um, with Broderick, uh, which is even creepier uh, because it's uh, Broderick turns his wife into a sex robot. Um that's maybe a movie like there's a lot to talk about in that. Um, it's also shite. Uh, and I don't mm-hmm. ever think we'll do Ferris Bueller's Day Off because that's like a real, you know, what can we say about that? It's, you know, a seminal 80s nonsense movie. I think, yeah, I, th- I think, well, I think we should eventually, but I think there's probably a lot 
other a lot we should do we should do more project movies i will suggest though i will suggest in my humble opinion can we do like a quote-unquote good movie (laughs) next time um i'm gonna say right now we are not fucking doing mortal kombat next week i'm not mentally prepared for that i know ross might be back i can't cope not after this, no. I think we, uh, yes, I think we need to maybe settle in on something. Well, any suggestions, Dave? Let's have a think. Let's come back and we can we can maybe enjoy a movie that's not going to rile us up so enjoy much. Enjoy a movie? I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know. I, I, I don't enjoy movies anymore anyway. The podcast has destroyed all enjoyment of movies, so we may as well just... Hey, we did get we we did get a suggestion from a listener that we watch all ten Fast and Furious movies, so maybe we'll do that. <laughs> and then summarily ignore that. Execute because... ourselves, yes. <laughs> In some kind that... of fiery Paul Walker esque car crash. <laughs> See you next week. That'll do, pig. That'll do.